0: that you planned
1: it all What's going on, everybody? It's another Al Gattulo Craft Beercast on AM 970, The Answer, the post-Super Bowl edition. Hope you had a great time enjoying the game between the Los Angeles Rams. There's the Los Angeles Rams and the St. Louis Rams. Back to the Los Angeles Rams against the Cincinnati Bengals. Hope you had a great time enjoying that one. Uh, only time will tell uh, from the band Asia. Uh, we'll get to that in just a second. We've got a great show for you tonight, Uh craft beer guest that's going to join me. Um, but first, how can you follow me? Very easily on Twitter, at Al Gattulo. Instagram at Gattulo, dot facebook.com, slash AG Cast, Email at, Albert G at NYC Radio.com, iTunes, Google Podcasts. You do a search there. You can download and listen to the show Whenever you feel like it there, Hopped Up Network as well. We're on iHeart, Odyssey, all those great places. But the Hopped Up Network is the place to go if you want to listen to a large number of craft beer casts from around the country right there. Whenever you want, you can download it and listen to it at your leisure. Coming up in 20 20 minutes, easy for me to say, Bill Kovalewski from Victory Brewing. Uh, They have a new Belgian triple sour that's out. It's called Berry Monkey. We're going to talk to Bill about that. And so much more, including their new place that has opened down uh, in the heart of Philadelphia. Uh, that had um, that they had a delay in getting this open and in the build out, and we'll tell you about that and a lot more uh, coming up in just twenty minutes from now. Only time will tell. From Asia, their self-titled debut album back in nineteen eighty-two, super band John Wetton, Greg Lake, uh, Greg Lake. Excuse me, uh, I, uh, I meant to say. Uh, Carl Palmer, the drummer from ELP, Greg Lake, uh, I keep saying Greg Lake, John Wetton. I'll tell you why Greg Lake in a second, because it's on my head, uh, John Wetton, Steve Howe, Jeff Downs on keyboards, Jeff Downs played for the Buggles, uh, who had the first video on MTV, Video Killed the Radio Star, just a little... Asterisk there. The reason why I say Greg Lake is because Greg Lake actually sang with Asia when Asia was supposed to perform on MTV. So there's a synergy there. It all ties together. Uh, what happened was John Wenton apparently had a had a dispute. I, I don't remember if it was a dispute with MTV or a dispute with the band. So um, Carl Palmer called up Greg Lake and said, listen, we're doing this thing on MTV. We need a singer. Are you available? And so he said, OK, but Greg Lake and John Wenton sing in different keys. So this was, I think, after the when the second album came out and uh, Lake sat in and sang, uh, you know, the the couple of songs they had to sing. But it was awful because Lake can't sing or couldn't sing at Wenton's range. So it was just it was a disaster. Anyway, a uh, little footnote there for those of you who are fans of super bands. I liked Asia. I, I thought their first three albums were phenomenal. Steve Howe left after the second album. They got somebody. I forgot who the guitarist was that they got to replace him. I think he was with Crocus or something like that. And that was actually a really good album, the third one. And then they broke up, and they came back. They did one song in, like, 89 or 90 or something like that. Yeah, it was somewhere around 90, 91. They did a song. They reunited. I think they toured for a little bit. I think Hal came back to the band briefly and then left again, and then some other guy, John Payne, took over, and I don't know, then the rest is history, it became a cover band. Anyway, let's dive into some beer news, because there is plenty of it this week. The Bronx Brewery um, is opening up a Pilot Brewery tap room, and kitchen in the heart of New York City's East Village. Uh, it, the food will be the first U.S. location of award-winning Sweden-based burger outfit, Bastard Burgers. It'll be at 64 2nd Avenue between 3rd and 4th Street, the space's focal point is a pilot brewery system, a fully functional brewery in the center of the seating area that will be used to expand their popular Y series, which was formerly known as their Up and Comers, limited release, often experimental beers brewed in collaboration with creatives ranging from activists and musicians to artists and entrepreneurs. Um, the Bastard Burgers is handling the food. They're an award winning Sweden based. A burger outfit praised for its quality beef. They use Pat LaFreda custom beef for its U.S. location. Extensive and delicious vegan offerings featuring smashed Beyond Meat burgers and a fun progressive culture. The partnership also features a collaboration IPA called Big City Bastard that will be regularly on tap at the new location. Entire menu will be available for local delivery via seamless Grubhub and DoorDash within the first few weeks following the launch. So this will be the second production or, or second brewery that will be producing beer for consumption and sale in Manhattan now I know everybody says oh Heartland Brewery now nah, Heartland Brewery I know I think brews one of their beers there but I think most of it comes from outside and they just tap it in, in kegs so uh, Bronx Brewery joins Torch and Crown as the only two really brewery kind of kitchens uh, in New York City and relatively close by so uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there so kudos to uh, Bronx Brewery uh, for opening up this space Um, They're going to have 14 beers on tap at any given time. And, of course, again, the food will be by Bastard Burgers uh, with a blend of meats from Pat Lafrida. And if you've ever had Pat Lafrida meats, let me tell you something. I have. They're fantastic. So I'm sure it's going to be a big hit with the burger crowd. Our uh, good friends over at Our our Mutual Friend Brewing. Easy for me to say. You would think I was drinking at this point. I'm not, folks. I'm completely sober. Uh, Our Mutual Friend Brewing uh, are releasing three new collaboration beers, With brewery friends this month, including a West Coast and Hazy Hybrid IPA, a Saison with Buckwheat and Wildflower Honey, and a Barrel Fermented Wild IPA. At 7.6% ABV, Map collaboration with Attitude Brewing out of San Diego. The IPA uses a combination of West Coast and Juicy Hazy Techniques, brewed with Colorado Chinook, Amarillo, and Mosaic Hops. Uh, That is already available on draft and in four-pack, 16-ounce cans. Uh, Blocked Radiant, also available. It's a 4.7% ABV Cranberry Cherry Lime Sour Ale. Hmm, Interesting, Cherry Lime. They're going the sonic approach there. Uh, And Greatness uh, is Transitory, a collaboration beer with Station 26 Brewing, a barrel-fermented Wild India Pale Ale, brewed with Colorado malts, hopped with Colorado cashmere hops, as well as Eldorado and Strata hops. It's a 7.4% wild IPA. Uh, This is available on draft and in 500-milliliter bottles at OMF and Station 26 uh, this coming Friday, February 18th. And then Yellow Vibrations. This is a collaboration with Perennial uh, Artisanales out of St. Louis, a Saison brewed with buckwheat, wildflower honey, and Calista and whole melon hops. It's a 5.8% ABV crowd pleaser, notes of pear and honey, as well as orange citrus, anise, and uh, pineapple aromas. Uh, Yellow Vibrations, as well as Mojave Foam Booth, which is a 5% ABV Juicy IPA, available on draft and in four packs of 16-ounce cans on Saturday, February 26th at OMF. So there you go. Uh, Cypress Brewing, uh, mark your calendars, build your spaceships, grab your helmets. They're blasting off a can release party uh, for the um, uh, secret, uh, secret run- uh, runway models. Uh, that'll be on February 19th. Uh, a, Northe- a-, a New England Northeast. Listen to me. New England Double IPA Galaxy and Vic Secret hops. The release is coming up Saturday, February nineteenth. It's from noon to nine p.m. They're going to have live music, and as they say, a lot of fun. And speaking of Sonic Hard Seltzer, uh, they have con- they are uh, expanding their eight hard seltzer offerings into new states: Alabama, Colorado, Connecticut, Georgia, Iowa, Idaho, Illinois, Indiana kentucky louisiana massachusetts michigan mississippi montana north carolina new mexico nevada ohio tennessee virginia and west virginia that is where you can get sonic hard seltzer uh they had it in seven markets at first now they've expanded out uh in a number of different um a number of different states so vaguely i'm just trying to do the mental count in my head it's about 15 states that they're in right now, the Sonic Hard Seltzer. Uh, available in two variety packs, tropical and citrus. Uh, it is uh, one gram of sugar per can, 100 calories, gluten-free, 5% ABV. Sonic Hard dot com slash locator to learn more about where you can get Sonic's Hard Seltzer. And then finally, new for 2022, Heavy C's is doing a Brewer's Choice series, uh, a taproom-exclusive draft-only release is brewed in their 15-barrel brew house. Again, you have to go to the taproom. It's a draft-only release. They're kicking off the series on Friday, February 25th, the release of Sir Dudley's Handsome Extra Special Bitter and a Brewer's Choice Happy Hour. It's a nutty, earthy, palatable proper pint. will be available exclusively at the Heavy Seas Taproom. In the traditional English style, this beer will be served via nitro pour as well as hand-pulled directly from the cask. Pretty cool. They're offering a carbonated version to take home in Crowlers and Growlers, but again, you have to go to the tap room to get it. A portion of the night's proceeds are going to go towards the medical expenses of someone close to their Heavy Seas crew. Come out and mingle with the people who make your favorite beer and help raise money for a cause close to the brewery. So kudos to Heavy Seas uh, on that one. Uh, this past weekend, I was at an event over on Staten Island at Flagship Brewery. Obviously, because I taped this show, I'm unable to give you a review on that event, but I will give you a review on next week's program, rest assured. When we come back after a short break, more news and notes from around the beer world. This is the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Oh yeah, the great Judas Priest, and you got another thing coming from the Screaming for Vengeance album, which, by the way, turns 40 this year. Oh, that's scary. It's scary the fact that this album came out in 1982 when I was 12 years old, Um, and now at soon to be 52 years old, that this album is 40 years old. (laughs) That is just, I don't know. Sometimes I think about those things and I go, "Wow, have I been listening to this the same music for 40 years?" And I never get tired of it. I really don't. I cannot wait to see these guys next month at Prudential Center. Uh, it's going to be a blast. Um, you know, they were supposed to do their 50 year tour fifty you know 50 years of Judas Priest two years ago, and this is still that tour. Can you imagine that? It's unbelievable. The pandemic has done so many things to wreck so many different things. Um, and welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer. Sorry, I'm 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 reflecting in the back of my head of so many different things that have happened over the last two years, of of trying to get to this sense of normalcy, and will we ever be normal again? COVID is something we're going to have to live with. Um, you know, we're seeing now in the council, uh, in the New York City Council, they're trying to make outdoor uh, outdoor dining is permanent, but they're trying to figure out, um, you know. How it's going to be, there's not going to be sheds anymore. You're going to have to have, um, you know, places where you can easily collapse them and take them off the street. Um, so we're seeing different things that are going on here. Mask mandates have been lifted in New York City. Um, they don't People don't have to show proof of vaccination when they walk into a place anymore, which I applaud wholeheartedly. I have never felt that the restaurant owner should be or the bar owner should be the vaccination police. That is not their role. And it is unfair to them. And they have to deal with people who are just basically, let's face it, jerks, absolute jerks who are screaming at business owners uh, for, you know, for something that's not their fault, not their fault. So, you know, again, I've been talking about this on my soapbox for a very long time and and I'm just about tired of it. It, You know, I think you should get vaccinated. But if you choose not to get vaccinated, you also shouldn't be persecuted because you decided not to get vaccinated. Again, it's your choice, but don't sit here and scream. If the mandate is you need to have this and this and this, don't scream my body, my choice, because that's what the government is asking you to do, and if you don't want to follow that, I, that's where I have a problem with. The, the screaming at the employees and all that other stuff is just not worth my time. Anyway, coming up in 10 minutes or less than that, Bill Kovalevsky from Victory Brewing. They got a new uh, Belgian triple sour out. It's called Berry Monkey. We'll talk to Bill about that. And a lot more coming up uh, in just under 10 minutes from now. I'm hoping uh, they're supposed to be sending me some of that triple sour. But uh, if they don't get it to me in time, I will get a taste of it next week at Big Brew, uh, which I'm very excited. Uh, Our good friend Allison uh, Kohler, who um, does a tremendous job at running events uh, around New Jersey, Uh, her Big Brew event over in Morristown. I'm heading over to the second session for that. That's going to be a lot of fun uh, with a couple of friends. Uh, Cannot wait to uh, actually go to a, another beer festival. It's been too long. And then uh, the following week, we kick off to New York City Beer Week uh, over in Brooklyn. That's going to be great, too. So a new brewery in New Jersey expected to film uh, a familiar beer space in Atco uh, later this year. So Atco Brewing Company closed at the end of 2021. Uh, they couldn't, I guess, you know, pandemic problems, uh, a lot of other issues. So Dorian Saunders uh, is bringing... Wims brewing to the same location saunders is a ben salem pennsylvania native uh respected home brewer he calls south jersey specifically atco his home he has decided uh to take over this space he's home brewed for about seven years collaborated with the likes of icarus uh hammington's uh three threes brewing as well um experimenting with barrel aged beers and fermentation processes will be the mission at WIMS. uh and Wims brewing the name itself comes from self-reflection by saunders he's currently renovating the brewing space Uh, working to obtain a Certificate of Occupancy and Brewing License. He'd like to open Whims Brewing in late spring or in the summer. He called it super optimistic, and I would tend to agree with him. The process in getting your license and stuff is lengthy, and obviously because of the pandemic that has affected a lot of uh, ways in which we conduct business. So um, I think late spring is really out of reach at this point. I think at some point in the summer, um, I think is doable but we will see what happens but it'll be interesting to see uh what he brings uh to the table there and that's cool and it's and it, you know it's a, a shame to see Atco Brewing go but it's nice to see that somebody else came right in right away to step in and take over the space so it was not uh unused which is always a good thing. Uh the farm is back open again at Screaming Hill Brewing. Uh these guys are great. If you haven't had a chance to go down to Cream Ridge, New Jersey, right past Great Adventure uh in Jackson do yourself a favor. Take a ride down there one day. As the weather is getting warmer, it's absolutely worth it. Now, they're only open Fridays and Saturdays, Friday from 3 to 8, Saturday from noon to 5. But I'm telling you, it's worth the experience. The farm is beautiful. Nice to have a beer. Sit out. Smell the fresh air. Enjoy some nature a little bit. Uh, but also, they have started the countdown, and uh, they want you to mark your calendars. The second annual Back Road Ramble. It's a slightly uphill, speed walk related trounce hunger. Saturday, November 5th. Train hard, drink local beer, as they say, and for the sake of all that's holy, always keep one foot on the ground. This was a fun event that I went to last year. Uh, I am uh, doing my best to get back there again. That is actually the start of San Diego Beer Week on the fifth of November, and I'm trying to juggle whether or not I'm going to go to uh, San Diego Beer Week for a couple of days. So, and that may be the day that I leave, but I am going to do my best, boys, uh, if you're listening, to get there uh, because the back road ramble. ...is a lot of fun. Uh, Talea Beer Company and uh, Levain Bakery... Levain or Levin? Levain. I believe it's Levain. Uh, they collaborated to launch a dark chocolate cookie stout... Uh, ...using Levain Bakery's famously ooey-gooey dark chocolate chocolate chip cookies. Um, these are brewed with fresh-out-of-the-oven cookies, rich dark cocoa from Levain. An ample dose of vanilla and milk sugar are added for a ridiculously rich and chocolatey stout... ...that matches the decadence of uh, Levain's famous cookies... Talk about a Valentine's Day treat! Apparently, Whole Foods Market played matchmaker in this limited edition, bringing uh, together these two New York City brands, who share similar founder stories. It'll be available in four packs for eighteen ninety nine in select Whole Foods stores across New York City, Long Island, and Westchester. Beer also available in four packs and on draft in the Talaya Beer Tap Room and Brewery at eighty seven Richardson Street in Williamsburg, uh, already uh, as of this past weekend. Be interesting to see if they bring that to New York City Beer Week in a couple of weeks. The dark chocolate cookie stout. Again, a, a, co- a collab between uh, Talea and Levain Bakery. Ship Bottom Brewing. Now, this is really cool. So, they are opening a long awaited Blendery and Barrel House uh, sometime this month. Owner Rob Zarko had a dream of setting up a unique beer experience away from the beach, closer to his home in an old lawyer's office across the street from the Swarthmore, Pennsylvania train station, the Blendery. We'll see roughly 80 customers inside, 30 outside, weather permitting. Um, this is not going to be, as he says, a sports bar, a garage door, brewery setting, but a cozy barrel-aged conversation piece. Um, Zarko says they're going to be working with anything from bourbon to red wine and tequila barrels and will also produce cold-ship spontaneous fermentation barrels as well. Uh, the blendery will also serve some of Ship Bottom's most popular brands, such, such as Shake IPA, Hoppin' Hazy, Barnegat Lager, Swell Dorado, uh, Mermaid Blonde, Hard Selt, Cider, Seltzers, Select Seasonals, and Limited Release Projects. Um, they are looking forward uh, to doing this, as Zarko said in the uh, press release. The project is very unique from other projects we've done in the past. The focal point in the fermentation process, whether in wooden or spirited barrels, we, have a, we will have a blast developing funky sours, saisons, and barrel-aged stouts for our friends to enjoy. We'll use a lot of local ingredients in our concoctions we're looking forward to harvesting a yeast culture from different locations in our borough. Blendery will be located at 5 Park Avenue in Swarthmore, Pennsylvania. And uh, the person that will be behind the Blendery creations, Hannah Godey. Uh, Hannah started home brewing in college. She worked at Keystone Home Brewing Supply between 2013 and 2015. That's where she met Rob Zarko and then started brewing professionally in July of uh, the same year of 2015 with Free Will Brewing Company as brewer and event coordinator. She was most recently the head brewer for Naked Brewing. So kudos to the folks at Bottom, and hopefully that is a huge success. And then finally, Trogues has announced the release of Hop Horizon, a new IPA to usher in the spring season. The beer joins the brewery's popular hop cycle lineup of seasonally rotating IPAs that also includes Field Study IPA, Lucky Holler, Hazy IPA, and Blizzard of Hops Winter IPA. Uh, This is a blend of uh, Citra, Mosaic, and Sabro. The winning combination releases juicy waves of citrus, hints of bubblegum, and a pop of tropical fruit. Uh, it clocks in at 6.5%. It is available in bottles, cans, and on draft everywhere that Trogues beer is sold. And, I, in fact, I did get a couple of cans of this. I'll be trying this over the weekend, and uh, we'll get, uh, get it into uh, the suds and duds rotation uh, very, very soon. Kudos to the folks from Trogues for sending me that beer. Now, when we come back after a short break, Bill Kovalevsky from Victory Brewing is going to join me. Next week, I hope to have a little bit more about another Jersey brewery that's going to be opening uh, down in the, um, the Shore area. Um, John Flatung, Matt Patensky, uh talked about this a little bit on uh, John's podcast, the uh, Lager Room guys, uh, with my buddy Dave Sh- uh, Shishan. So I'm hoping to talk to them about the brewery and uh, the name and and what they're going to be doing and all kinds of other good stuff. We're going to talk about that hopefully. Uh, next week or the week after, we're going to get that done. But up next, Bill Kovalevsky from Victory Brewing. This is the Algetulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer. Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer on this Super Bowl Sunday, and hopefully you enjoyed the game between the uh, Rams and the Bengals, a historic event with the Rams' a second home team to play in their home stadium for the Super Bowl. A uh, Very, very cool, uh, and uh, a brand-new SoFi Stadium. But we're not talking about football right now. My next guest on the program, he's an old friend of the show. Victory Brewing has been pumping out beer for over 25 years they got a new release that's out now to pair up with the other monkey beers that they have put out. It's called Berry Monkey. It is a fruited sour triple. Uh, it's available uh, wherever you purchase beer in Victory's distribution footprint. And for more info on the brewery and their tap rooms around Pennsylvania, just go to victorybeer.com. Let me welcome back to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, Bill Kovalevsky. Bill, long time, my friend. How are you?
2: Hey there, Al. I'm wonderful. Always a pleasure to be speaking with you.
1: Well, thank you, my friend. Berry Monkey, a fruited triple, clocking in at 9.5%. This, to me, Bill, the beer to kick back with after a long, hard day at the office, and you need something a little bit more than that 5% uh, Pilsner. Was that the thought process behind this? You
2: are a really sharp guy. Uh, <laughs> you figured that one out very, very quickly. You know, um, the sourness to this fruited sour triple and the little bit of raspberry edge to it makes it an incredible aperitif. So it's really that great first beer. When you're kicking back, um, it could also be a great second or third beer. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, I think very perceptive of you to say that this is one to unwind with and jump right into.
1: You know, and that's the thing to me now. I, I think as I've grown over the years of, of drinking beer, and, we've, you know, I always say you can always learn something new uh, about the process of beer, about tastes of beer. I do like to. I don't like to just stick with one particular um, flavor of beer. Like I don't want to just drink all IPAs in one sitting or all sours in one sitting. You kind of want to change uh, a little bit just to get that palate, get some different tastes on the palate. And again, when you're talking about a beer that's at nine and a half percent, this is one you got to drink responsibly. So I think if you drink three in a row uh, to start <laughs> off the night, I don't think you're quite making it to dinner in 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 pretty good shape, right?
2: Well, you know, you can't speak for everyone, right? That's never safe to do, but I think you are making some, some wise assumptions here. But, but let me touch on a point that, sure. you know, I think you made as well. You know, the idea of wanting multiple flavors throughout the evening, think about what we're offering you here. We're giving you a fruited sour triple so it's got the heart and soul of golden monkey um fermented with a belgian abbey yeast from the west small abbey so you've got that that belgian triple right there in the heart and soul of it you've got the sourness of the sour monkey which like you know really hits you on the tongue initially and then you've got a little bit of sweetness and, and round warm flavors from the berry as well so i think we're covering a lot of bases for people that may be um You know, a little bit interested in trying many things.
1: and Right, looking for diversity there. Now, the campaign, Mm -hmm. though, that you guys are doing this year, it's called the Monkey Time Campaign, and Berry Monkey is just the first step. So what else is in the cards here for the Monkey Time Campaign this year?
2: Well, I mean, really it's trying to amplify all three of the monkeys in this portfolio, Al. This is a a significant release for us, and so um, it doesn't necessarily lead to another sizable release like this, I think that in terms of campaigns, if you think back to our last call when we were celebrating 25 years of victory and we made the commitment to brew forward, um, this Berry Monkey is uh, really a statement of that, where we re- reach back into the past, our tradition with the monkeys, and we amplify some of the flavors and bring new innovation to it. So this is real, really more of an expression of brew forward, and it fits right into monkey time, the availability of three delicious monkey flavors that you can uh, sort of just enjoy over uh, your own time, your own pace.
1: Uh, we're talking with co-founder of Victory Brewing, Bill Kovalevsky. The new Berry Monkey is a Fruited Triple Sour. It's out this month. For more info on them and the beers and where you can get them, just go to victorybeer.com. We're here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer. So you guys recently opened a fairly large location tap room a uh, restaurant in Philly which was actually an old TGI Fridays. How is the Brew Pub <laughs> doing so far?
2: It's doing very very well. Great audience reception. Uh we built uh fortunately a very dynamic crew. Um very high energy there and uh they're making the crowds very very pleased. It's got outdoor seating which is uh, a wonderful thing given current conditions and um so, yeah, we can accommodate a lot of folks in what used to be a TGI Fridays that supposedly Alan Iverson and a whole host of, uh, of Philly phenomenons uh, used to hang out at.
1: Oh, very cool. So now you have to get the current 76ers and Flyers and Phillies and get them down there uh, to, to check out the new place. But correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, Bill. You had some issues opening the building, the big one being a swimming pool that nobody knew was there. <laughs> Did I read that I right? So.
2: You're correct. I think someone knew it was there, but none, nobody on our team or the real estate team. But yeah, as a matter of fact, so the facility itself is attached to an apartment complex. It okay. was built in 1963. Wilt Chamberlain was actually a tenant of the complex. Oh, wow. But yeah, so Wilt probably swam in that pool. But, um, you know, when TGI Fridays moved in 22 years or so ago, they just basically uh, made a deck out of it and forgot that it was there. And wow. We discovered it. You know, there was a brief thought that maybe we should fill it with Golden Monkey and have some, <laughs> some good parties on the roof. But uh, now we took the responsible approach and uh, filled it in and uh, opened up the, the ceiling a bit more. So it's a great space.
1: So, so, all right, so the pool was on the roof, so it was exposed. But they put a deck, so the uh, the previous owner put a deck on top of it just to kind of cover it up. Man, that's, yep. I, that is what, see, I... See, if it were me, I'd probably be like, hmm, do we put a pool up here? And, you know, in summertime, you kind of have pool parties and... You know, kind of, ah, but I get it. You know, you got to get a lifeguard. There's all kinds of safety issues. I, yep. I, you know what? It's probably the smart move you guys covered it up and, and just left it as a deck instead of having a swimming pool there. We're talking with yeah. co-founder of Victory Brewing, Bill Kovalevsky, the new Berry Monkey. It's a fruited triple sour. It's out this month. For more info on that, where you can get it, and, of course, all the great beers that Victory has, victorybeer.com. We're here on the Al Gattulo Craft Beer cast on AM 970 The Answer. You know, two years into this pandemic, Bill, I thought last year – we would be at the end of this, but here we are, 2022, we're still yeah. dealing with issues from the pandemic. As as yeah. one of the larger brewery groups out there, Southern Tier, Six Point, you guys, etc., have you been dealing with any supply chain issues at all from either an aluminum can standpoint or obtaining grain or hops? Has any of this affected your brewery operations at all?
2: Well, fortunately, on the raw materials, um, the, the malted barleys and the hops, we work with forward contracts so that our suppliers, the growers, know that we're there to buy their products about three years out in advance. So that gives us both parties a surety on that. Aluminum, yeah. Aluminum was a real headache last year, Al. We went from one dedicated supplier to, uh, to six suppliers. We've wow. stabilized that since. But um, you just never know what's right around the, the corner right. in terms of getting the things you need to simply make people happy with your products. And that's the unnerving part. Um, there's been so many disruptions and surprises unpleasantly, so um, you just don't know what's next.
1: Yeah, and, and it's fun, and you know, you speak of the aluminum can issue, Ball uh, Corporation had this, you know, you have to buy yeah. X amount of cans in yeah. order to, to keep orders. Now, for a brewery conglomerate or group like yourselves, that's a little bit easier to swallow when, okay, we can buy this pallet and we can you know separate it amongst you know all of our uh, different yeah. breweries. But again, the cans aren't all one size fits all. I mean, you guys do use yeah. different can sizes, different shapes, et cetera, et cetera. And for a smaller brewery, it's almost impossible to do that unless everybody's kind of teaming up and buying one in itself. I mean, th- this has to kind of correct itself, but it looks like that's going to be an issue moving forward for at least the next year or so.
2: I don't know how it works out. We need to bring more capacity in, on the manufacturing end of things on, online. But I, I will say that, you know, both parties, the supplier and the buyer, really have a responsibility to one another. And we, as a buyer, we forecast so we give a certain amount of surety to our manufacturers and our growers as i just stated and and that's part of the deal right, right. you got to you got to work with your folks and give them information to get the things you need you can't be demanding you know um just in time doesn't quite work anymore
1: no nope, that's true and last question for me bill in these past 2 years we've seen a resurgence in more traditional styles of beers made by brewers across uh, across the country. Is that, a, In your opinion, do you think that that's a byproduct of the pandemic because the brewers had more time on their hands initially when things were shut down or something else?
2: Well, if you're talking lagers, yes. Yeah, some people found themselves with a little bit more tank time, and they could afford to put a lager down for longer in the tank because they weren't getting the pull through, the demand that they had had pre-COVID. Um, we've also seen that from a consumer standpoint that, People initially going into the pandemic were a little bit more per, uh, concerned about what they were spending their money on for good reasons, and they were going to tried-and-true solutions. And so there's some of that that's still at play as well. Um, but, you know, going back to Berry Monkey for a quick second now, with yeah. Raspberry, this really represents almost a step back in Belgian beer making history, because when I first started drinking Belgian beers in the late 80s, Frambois was quite a thing right it was raspberry beer Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of fun for us to go backwards a little bit and touch on things that are familiar with people
1: well listen i I wish you much success on the new beer i think it's going to be a a tremendous hit i cannot wait to try it myself my guest has been the co-founder of victory brewing bill Kovalevsky, the new berry monkey as we were just talking about a fruited triple sour it's out this month for more info on the beer just go to victorybeer.com. Bill, thanks so much for joining me tonight. All the best, sir. I cannot wait to take a trip to the new tap room in Philly and uh, hoist a beer and have some good eats there. I look forward to that, too, Al. Thanks so much. You got it. Up next, it's time for Suds and Duds on the algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer.
2: You can play the game and you can act out the part though you know
0: it wasn't written for you. But tell me how Stand there with your broken heart, ashamed of playing a fool. But one thing
2: can be to another, it doesn't take any sacrifice. Oh, father and mother, sister and brother, if it feels nice, don't think twice. Just shower the
1: Final segment of the Al Cattullo Craft Beer cast on AM 970 The Answer, a little James Taylor, and Shower the People. I heard this song a couple weeks ago. I was heading down uh, to pick up, see, it all kind of has a beer related thing to it. So I was on my way to Source. Uh, To pick up here, uh, Route 34, uh, in beautiful Colts Neck, New Jersey, right next to um, Delicious Orchards. And I'm on my way down, and this song happened to pop on. I I forgot what station I was listening to on Sirius XM. It it was probably The Bridge um, where I was listening to it. And The Bridge and Yacht Rock, both of those channels are kind of the channels I put on when I want to just be soothed with music. I don't want anything too heavy you know, whatever, I just want to just, I just want to chill, right? Um, Especially because the way people drive now since this pandemic has been absolutely atrocious. I really do think that a lot of people need to get their driver's licenses again. Anyway, I'm driving, and this particular song happens to pop on, and I'm just humming along and singing in the car, and, you know, it's one of those things that put me in a really good mood, and I like that. Who wouldn't like that, to be put in a good mood? So it was, just nice. uh, it was just nice to listen to. But I got a chance to see James Taylor last year with Jackson Brown at uh, Bethel Woods, and it was uh, a wonderful performance. The man still has it. I would absolutely go see him again. Uh, that was a lot of fun. It was very, very uh, enjoyable. But let's dive into Suds and Duds, shall we? Uh, crickets by other half. I picked this up over at Nosvino, a liquor store in uh, Westfield, New Jersey. Had my reflexology appointment and then popped across the street. Because they, they curate a pretty good selection of different beers. And sometimes I find stuff that I can't find in any other store, um, which is nice. And they have a nice selection of local stuff, you know, Brick City, Icarus. They do get a very steady um, diet of Icarus beers, which is great because, listen, as much as I love to travel down to Icarus, um, it is a haul for me to get there. So it's nice to see um, a bunch of those recent beers that come up that I'm I'm able to get uh, from Icarus. But anyway, they had uh, this other half Pilsner uh, from, uh, from other half called Cricket's. Boy, a crispy! Just a, a really, really good uh, pilsner. I love it. I love, and I've been saying this for weeks now. I love the fact that breweries are doing these traditional styles of beers because it's nice to go back to those beers of what got people first into into brewing and stuff. But it's also they're just easier drinking, and sometimes I don't want a heavy, uh, you know, double or triple IPA, you know, two, three, four of them. One. Two maybe over the course of a you know a drinking session or whatever, yeah. But uh, so many of them, not so much. Speaking of which, at, uh, Azard uh, by Source. This is a Belgian pale ale. Uh, love the color of this. Slightly spicy, burst a hop. Really enjoying it. Uh, low ABV on this, too. Uh, I don't think it reached six. I think it was like five, five, five. Perfect. A great beer. A nice beer to just ease the night into. But then they amped it up a notch, Source. Third Awakening, which they kind of use the colors that they used for the uh, Pat LaFreda uh, can. uh, The Pat LaFreda collab that they come out with uh, on 4th of July. um, That kind of red, white, and blue kind of thing. But it's really more of the Baltic colors, uh, which I really like. um, And sort of that Baltic design. Uh, But boy, let me tell you something. What a great Baltic porter this is. Dark, smooth, strong. Really nice to drink on a cold night. I mean, this is pushing... Uh, 9%, if I'm not mistaken, because uh, uh, I can't really see the can right now because my eyes aren't that great and I don't feel like putting glasses on. But I believe it was right up at about um 9%. Excellent beer from Source. Love it. I love the fact that they did a Baltic Porter. Then they came out with the a reissue of Valentine's Day, which is a triple milkshake IPA that they came out with last year. This one has less fruit in it than last year's version. Last year's version had a lot of fruit in it. But this one a little less on the fruit, still delicious, creamy, smooth. Uh, you really get that vanilla in there, and the berry taste is there, but it is not overwhelming, which is always a good thing. So uh, kudos to the folks at Source. Three really great beers. I had I put their um their bottle of their bourbon barrel aged uh, imperial stout, which I have not had a chance to open. That's one I want to crack with a few people and share it. It's not one that I want to open and uh, devour in a single night. Um, it, that's definitely one I want to share that particular beer is beer that had been sitting in the bourbon barrels if you've been to source you've when you walk in on the first floor there was a lot of bourbon barrels uh, sitting around the brewery on the first floor those were the barrels in which that particular beer was made from so um they finally pulled it after almost 2 years and bottled it so uh with i think Colt's neck uh Colt's neck distillers i think is the uh the collab with them so it'll be interesting to uh Hopefully, in the next couple weeks, I'm able to crack that open with some friends and try that. That was really good. Now, speaking of which, of beers that I've been able to get from Icarus that I really enjoyed, and this one, again, I bought this can at Nosfino, and I love the fact that it was in a 12-ounce can. Jason, great job, because it's a beer that I want to have one. I might not be able to have two or three of them, but I want to have one, and I want to have it in a 12-ounce form. And I know that there are people that complain about it because a lot of these uh, you know, big, boozy stouts are much more expensive, but for me, from a drinking standpoint, it's much better. The coconut and desist, oh my goodness gracious, the coconut is silky smooth in this. It was so good. I mean, permeated throughout the beer, but never got to the point where I felt like it was cloying or overpowering. It just was smooth, like I said, smooth as silk, silky smooth, delicious. Now, Jason wanted to know if I had tried the barrel-aged version of it. I have not, but I will tell you this, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, Trying to figure out a date. I'm going to go down to Icarus. We're going to do an interview with Jason. It'll probably be at least two parts. Uh, We'll do it from the brewery. want to get his uh, thoughts on what's going on with the uh, eventual move to Brick. They're building out the space there. Uh, And we'll talk to him about some other things as well. But what I love about Jason is that he is lactose intolerant and his milkshake beers are spot on. And how does he do it knowing that he really can't taste this stuff? So we'll get into that with him and a lot of other things in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully we'll have that by the end of the month. Uh, no promises, but hopefully we'll have that by the end of the month. I had to run over to Wet Ticket Brewing because um, I was uh, stopping to pick, take, uh, pick up takeout food uh, from a, bu- a great little Italian restaurant, uh, Il Forno Allegno, and uh, had a version of the Trolley Hopper, which is kind of a new version for them. Uh, it's a different mix in the batch, solid New England IPA, less hoppy, more juicy from this batch, But when I remembered it, it had a lot more bite to it. This one's a little bit smoother, uh, but really, really good. I mean, what Tim does is his beers are always consistent, which I love. Uh, Cafe Crema by Source. This one I had sitting, this bottle I had sitting in my fridge for over a year. Coffee, vanilla, delightful. Didn't lose anything on it. I put it in the refrigerator as soon as I got it. Finally said, you know what? Let me crack this thing over the weekend. And I did. Was not disappointed. finally. Lions Ro Brewing celebrated their one-year anniversary over in Westfield. Got a chance to talk with Tim and Corinne last Sunday um, for a few minutes. Wonderful people. Go visit these guys in Westfield. They're right on the circle. It's a great little place. I really need to get back here more. This is only my second time that I've been there uh, since I did the interview with them last year, and we're going to get them back on the show again too. Um, they will be a big brew uh, in a couple of weeks. They're also going to the AC Beer Fest. You have to try their beers. Parking, uh, parking Lot 6 uh, this uh, Cezanne, love the spice on this, definitely put me in a summery mood, a delicious Cezanne, very, very good. They're big beard, they're stout. Now, I'm always looking for a stout that's got flavor, balance, and not super strong. And it's very rare that you find those beers in stout form that are around 7 8% that are that have thickness and flavor to them. A lot of them come out very thin, more on the porter side than a, than the stout side. This was fantastic. Fit the bill, it was perfect. This is one I would definitely pick up a growler of or a crowler and take it home. Excellent stout, and my uh, my good friend Greg would love this stout. It's re- and it's again, it's right in the wheelhouse. Seven eight percent. You can have one or two without feeling overwhelmed. A delicious beer. And then finally, I finished off with a um, with a Belgian wheat winter solstice. Uh, nice flavor on this. Excellent beer. I love what these guys at Lions Roar have done. I need to get back there. When I was there last April, I felt like their beers weren't super dialed in yet, like they were just getting their feet. And that's what happens with a lot of breweries. They start, usually they're right out of the box. They're drinkable, but they're not, you know they're trying to tweak things and get things to the right um, where they want them. I think Lions Roar has done that now. It's a year, almost a year later, and I come back, and their beers are much more dialed in where they want them. Um, uh, I am excited about these guys. They're six minutes from my house. Uh, it's definitely a place that I would like to go to a little bit more often uh, to try more of their stuff. And I could not be happier for Tim and Corinne. These are two people uh, that um, really uh, I'm, I'm so excited for their success. Their beer garden has done, very, has done well for them. They want more. They want to get more re- name recognition out there. They're looking into doing a tap takeover at the Cloverleaf Tavern, which is fantastic. That's good stuff. Uh, And trying to get themselves out there a little bit more, and that is important because, folks, if you're in Union County, you want a great place to go to, uh, check out Lion's Row. You will not be disappointed. And on Sundays, they're family-friendly as well. Bring the kids, dog-friendly as well outside. They have a little beer garden that's heated as well. So you definitely want to check it out. Folks, my thanks to everybody involved in the show, including my guest, Bill Kovalevsky, from Victory Brewing, and of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this has been the Al Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Cheers, everybody.